This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello, and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name is Lucy Rycroft, and if you've been listening to these summer bonus episodes of the podcast, you'll know that I'm just stepping in for Anna Hawkin over the summer whilst she goes off and does very exciting things at New Wine and with her book launch and all the rest of it. So don't worry if you are an Anna Hawkin fan, she will be back safe and sound season seven starting in September. But you've got me for one more episode. So I am thrilled today to be talking about Bible reading with two fantastic guests. Now, I don't know what comes into your head when I say those words Bible reading. Is that something you do regularly that you love doing? Is that something that you can't remember the last time you did? What do we do with our kids? You know, do you read the Bible with your children? Are they open to it? Are they receptive? Do they love it? Have they got a Bible that they absolutely adore and will not read anything else? You know, our thoughts and feelings about reading the Bible change over time. They can be very varied from day to day. But one thing is uh, true of all all seasons, all, all feelings about the Bible. One thing is true. It is God's word. And it is so, so, so important as we get to know God better. So I caught up with two sisters, that is a clue, <laughs> with a cup of tea. Actually, not my, not me, because I don't drink tea, but I didn't tell them that. I thought they might end the call if I told them that, because their podcast is called Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. They are Felicity and Sarah, and they have been running this podcast for a few years. It's a super podcast if you've never got around to listening to it, because what they do is each season they go into a different book of the Bible, and they dissect it, they unpick it, they chat about it together. And you can listen to this podcast on your own for your own personal Bible study. You can listen to it in a small group. But what they really want to encourage people to do is pick up the Bible with one other person and get into it together because you learn so much from somebody else's insights. Felicity and Sarah had loads of good ideas about reading the Bible with our children as well because they're both mums so I asked them about that and generally it was a really exciting chat. So here they are Felicity and Sarah and I hope you love this chat as much as I enjoyed interviewing them. Well, today I'm really excited to have two guests on the show who I admire greatly. They are two sisters that might give you a clue if you are into Christian podcasts, because they run a podcast called Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea, helping women to explore the Bible together. And I'm excited to have them on the show today. I'm excited to hear what they have to say to us about the Bible, about parenting, about uh, being a woman who loves the Bible. Uh, Felicity Carswell and Sarah Dog, welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. Thank you, Lucy. Great to be with you. It is. It's wonderful to be here. Thank you. Oh, the pleasure is all mine. It's so exciting to have you on. Thank you. Um, can you just give us a quick little kind of snapshot of who you guys are, what you do, who you are, what you like, don't like, your family, whatever you'd like to tell us. Felicity, <laughs> do you want to go first? <laughs> yes, I live in America, near Chicago, and we've been here for about four years. And we're here with my husband runs a ministry called tenofthose.com, selling and publishing Christian books. So we're over here on a book adventure. And so that books is a big part of our life. But also we have two boys who are five and seven. And I spend a lot of my time parenting and uh, while we're also selling books, but also I teach the Bible in my local church and wherever I can really. And then wonderfully spend time with Sarah on Zoom in the word as well. <laughs> <laughs> Super. 
Thank you. And Sarah, introduce yourself. Uh, so I'm married to David. We live in West London. We have three children who are eight and I've got twins who are seven. Um, we've been here about 18 months. My husband's a pastor of the local FIEC church down the road. Um, and uh, what else can I say? I enjoy running. I enjoy writing and I love to teach the Bible as well. So I'm just a great honour to be able to do that in our local church with women's groups um, and then obviously doing it on, well, just chatting it through with Listy on the podcast as well. That's been just one of the real joys of the last couple of years since we started it. So that's kind of me. Thank you. That's great. It's lovely to get to know a bit about the uh, the sisters behind the podcast. <laughs> um, you are obviously sisters. <laughs> um a lot in common as you just shared you're both mums you both love the bible you both teach the bible but your faith journeys how did you both come to faith is that a similar story is that a different story Sarah do you want to kick off mm, I think uh Felicity should probably kick off because she came okay. to faith first as the older sister you go for it Felicity go for it I am I am the older sister by three <laughs> but to be honest I feel like the age gap kind of like changed Sarah got wise you know <laughs> <laughs> uh, we, we we grew up in a home that where my uh, our mum goes to church and but I would say that it wasn't a um I I didn't know about Jesus for myself uh, and when I headed off to university aged eighteen I would have said I was a Christian because I was English basically right. been to Sunday school a bit you know the local church um kind of stuff and when I got to university. I realized that that I was meeting people who said they were Christians and they were really quite different to to me. And that was a bit of an awakener as to, oh, maybe just raised a few questions. Um, And as I hit university, I had various wishes and desires. I just wanted to live my best life, really, um, on the sports field and in social worlds and, you know, academically a little bit. Not that interested, to be honest, in (laughs) in that. Um, Yeah. (laughs) Over the the course of time, I was becoming friends um, with a girl who was a Christian, quite similar to me on lots of fronts, but but definitely a Christian. And what was distinctive was she was, Jesus was at the heart of, of her decision making like everything she did kind of came back to Jesus which was a a bit of a surprise to me and so she just witnessed to me really wonderfully what was really striking was that she was out and about doing the things that I was doing having a lot of fun and not drunk not not doing it in any way in relation to the way other people were doing it but she was still very much there and loving me so well so over the course of a couple of years really she witnessed to me she sat down and read Mark's gospel with me and um, eventually I yeah the Lord uh, by his grace called me to full life in Christ I thought I had full life before living life to the full in all these different ways but actually through Jesus, I realized full life was yet to come. And uh, yeah, and so then I I thought, well, this is great. The gospel's wonderful. Jesus is amazing. I'm going to go home and take Sarah out for a meal. And she's going to become a Christian too, because we should do this together because we're sisters and we're, we're pretty close. And, and, she, and she said, no, I think you're mad. What are you doing? I was like, oh, no. <laughs> what? Oh dear, plan fail. Plan <laughs> fail, yeah, yeah. And so began um, three years of a lot of prayer, a lot of conversation, but also not conversation. We kind of shut it down. It got shut down fairly frequently because we just couldn't really talk about it without it kind of blowing up a bit, really. Because I think a part of it, Sarah will talk about this more, was she didn't really get it. And it was kind of frustrating that she didn't get it. And I was, I guess I was growing in my faith and... Yeah, so that's kind of where we, and so then I'll pass the baton to you. 
I do. I do. Remember, I remember that meal really clearly. Um, but I was I was in the middle of uh, A-levels, wasn't I? And um, I was doing theology for A-level, but I was taught by a kind of staunch atheist. And I just had all the arguments stacked up, ready to kind of shoot back at you. And I, I remember I was pretty hostile, I think. Um, yes. It was, it was not, a, not, a, not a pretty scene, I don't think. Um, but... Uh, yeah, so you so you kind of went on this, you were on this journey of faith, and I could really see it impacting you. And I was really struck. And I I do remember little moments like I remember going and sitting in a bookshop trying to choose you a Christmas present. I thought, oh, probably she will want a religious one because this is now a big thing. And I th- I remember sitting in a bookshop and like just trying to read through some of these Christian books to decide which one you were gonna I was gonna give you. <laughs> um because I knew I just knew it was such an important part of your life now. But uh, yeah, as Christy was saying, I just didn't, I didn't get it, um, and I didn't believe it. Um, but I think what, so then I went, to, yeah, I had a bit of a fail. At, I went to art school and it didn't work out, um, and that kind of really knocked me. I started uni again in a different place, um, and I think I was at that point, I was starting to kind of probably just see myself searching um, for what what life was actually about, um, having had my first kind of knockback, I guess. Um, and yeah, so I met I met a Christian friend at uni. Um, she absolutely was a real gift in witnessing to me, even though she was, you know, she was questioning. She was going through her own kind of trying to live faith for herself and not um, just what her parents had taught her. Um, but I think, yeah, where do we get to? I think, yeah, I kind of I went away for a couple of summers um, to work abroad and I kind of came back and I realised that I did need to kind of think about it more deeply. Um, but I didn't want to tell Felicity. <laughs> yeah, this is Sarah's like stealth exploring. Yes. And I yeah. was so like I, just I, quietly stewing and praying. Yeah. So <laughs> I just thought it was so important to her. It was so weighty that if I like I knew that I needed to sit down properly and think about it. And I thought, well, I need to do that to know that I can properly tell her, no, I've really thought about this. But I knew that was going to be quite a significant point in our relationship. Um so I did it by stealth. I did it secretly. I didn't tell her. So I'd start. I went. I started going to church, and I went on a course to explore things. And I started opening the Bible with with who was my, then my my house housemate a little bit. Um, and then there was a significant term at university for me where I went on a work placement as part of my course, and my boss happened to be a Christian. The student I was uh, working alongside, she happened to be a Christian. They both told me this on the first day, and I was like, oh, this feels <laughs> weird. <laughs> the, I was working in an art gallery, um, and the artist whose work we were curating, he, he had actually become a Christian in the last couple of years. So it was wow. it was just one of those, one of those situations <laughs> we were like, what? Um <laughs> But it was a wonderful situation because actually what I got had in that term was a um, a season of being in this community of people where I could ask all of my questions and they're just, they're just welcome, their love, their, you know, this, my boss and his family, they opened up their Sunday lunches to me and this other student and I just asked my questions and in a kind of community of welcome and love and no expectation, no weightiness attached, I was able to kind of really think through what was going on and that was a really significant term for me and I came to faith that term um, and I remember I just like, I, I did, I gave you a phone call didn't I and I was like, I think yeah. I might have just become a Christian she was like, what? <laughs> so unexpected so unexpected absolutely yeah Yeah, Yeah. I think you described that so well just going from hostility to real acceptance of Jesus how exciting 
so excited gosh I can I can imagine your excitement Felicity when you got that yeah (laughs) I got off the phone I was like telling everyone you'll never (laughs) guess what's just happened And wonderfully, wonderfully, that's not the end of the story because we do have a brother um, and he came to faith, I don't know how many years ago was it, Felicity? About six or seven years six ago. Six or seven yeah. years ago. Um, wow. And it's just, it's thrilling. It was really exciting. Yeah. And I think it was last summer, wasn't it? Was it last summer you guys came to visit me here to kind of see life here for the first time it was the first time that we'd all sat in church together as Christians and it was just like that one it was a really like moment of like wow yeah (laughs) yeah so and a real encouragement I think to those listening who maybe have teenage or even adult children who've turned away from Jesus that you're never too old you know your faith journey has never ended really has it until until life has ended Mm -hmm. so you know, there are, I know a situation where somebody's come back to Jesus in their 40s, you know, having rejected it in their teens. And, you know, what celebrations in in a family mm. <laughs> when when your siblings or your children or your parents come to faith, just, it's so exciting. It's so exciting. So thank you for sharing mm. your stories. Um, now you ladies host the Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea podcast, as I mentioned. Can you tell us a little bit more about how that came about, what the vision was for that, po- and still is for that podcast? Yeah, we uh, were, well, it was the pandemic and um, we were missing one another. And we'd been talking about reading the Bible together. We both love to get the Bible open for ourselves, but also with other people. That's kind of been a a bit of a life signature for both of us, really, that we love to be on a one-to-one basis and and getting the word open. And so we were talking about um, we should do that with each other because that's just a good thing to do. And then we thought maybe this might be of encouragement to others. Um, Just that normal, everyday getting the Bible open and real conviction that God really does work through his word by his spirit. And so why wouldn't we be getting the Bible open with each other, but also with with anyone? And so we thought, well, let's press record on some conversations that we have over the word. We love a cup of tea and uh, love to get the Bible open. So so we kind of press record thinking really that maybe our mum and a couple of others might listen. And um, it's been a real surprise and a gift that this has been it seems a means of serving other people and we're really seeking to get into the word we just talk through a book of the bible each season and we want to get into it and we want to drive it to the heart so we don't want to just sit in the kind of what does it say we want to say why and so what what's the implication for them then us now how does it play out in our lives and and pray for one another in that and yeah, I mean, really, the greatest gift has been for Sarah and I, we have grown hugely through being in the Word. It's the greatest joy is to be in the Word with my sister, <laughs> my sister in Christ, sister in blood. Yeah. And um, so that's been a really wonderful consequence of it. And we've been delighted that the Lord's been using it to serve others and and that others might use the podcast to get the Bible open with other people. That's one of the things as well as not just that we would be in the word just ourselves, but actually mm. that we as Christians would be eager to do that with other people. And what an encouragement it is to be in the word with someone else. So I feel like God's really, yeah, have just given us the great privilege of helping people to do that. We know of numerous people who are getting the word open as a result and and using the podcast as a starting point for those conversations. So. I think that's so important, isn't it? Just as what you say about facilitating others to do that. You know, it's not just about you two doing it, although it's amazing that you've grown doing that often the way, isn't it? When we teach something or, or put something on for someone else, actually we grow in the the sort of preparation of it. Um, but it's so important to facilitate 
that happening with others because you both know you've you've had young well you do have young children I have young children we don't get that many moments to ourselves you know and bible reading can look very different as a mom to what it looked like before kids and often it is maybe easier to do it with a friend um, to have that accountability, to know that, okay, on this day, even if I don't open my Bible for the rest of the week, I'm definitely going to open it on this day because we're going to meet up and have a play date and our kids are going to go crazy around us, but we are going to get into the mm. word as and when we can. And it's a powerful thing that, isn't it? Actually, God's word is extraordinarily powerful and trusting that actually even just getting open for 20 minutes, even when everything around is chaos, that that is worth it. Even if you don't do anything, but actually just read it out loud. That's okay. Like actually just acknowledging and actually kind of just giving that time to say, this is important. We do want to do this together. This is a really valuable way to spend our time, even if we leave going, wow, what <laughs> did we talk about anything? Yeah. But that's okay, isn't it? Yeah. And I think just the intention, that it is a beautiful intention that, and it kind of, as it sets you on your course for your week or your month or whatever, it's just like, actually, yeah, this this is worth it. Yeah. Yeah, I've been so struck as a mum by how many sort of tiny words of scripture God has used to really bless and teach and challenge me. You know, it's it's not about reading a whole book or even a mm. whole chapter sometimes. It's just the odd odd phrases or odd words that come to mind that you just recall. I think it was Anne Watson, who was the wife of David Watson, um, the evangelist uh, in the, the 1960s and 70s. We know a lot about him here in York because he, he was at St. Michael of Belfry, but he he traveled the world speaking at, at CUs and telling people about Jesus. And <clears throat> it was his wife, actually, who, who used to uh, tell all the younger women before they had kids to memorize as much of the Bible as they could because she said, mm-hmm. when, you're, when you're a mother, I mean, it was the days when, you know, mothers would be at home with their children primarily. Uh, when you're at home, you know, you won't have a second mm-hmm. moment to open the Bible, certainly not as much as you do now, but God will recall these these words and these phrases of scripture to you and they'll continue Mm. to bless and teach you Um, and I Mm. thought that's all stayed with me that's powerful yeah so there's clearly such a love for the bible in in both of you and you you know in your independent faith journeys uh you you have grown to love the bible did that I'm really interested did that come from the start was that like kind of how you it, it was that sort of intrinsic to how you came to know Jesus like through did that love of the bible kind of start at the start of your faith journey or is that something that's kind of grown since then sarah maybe you can share some thoughts i think um i think it's a real mixture i think i had to work through quite a lot of hostility to the bible just because of what i'd been taught um but i think when i became a christian it, it felt like the lights went on and I suddenly couldn't get enough of it. And I kind of changed, dramatically changed course on what I wanted to do after university because I just I just suddenly had this kind of insatiable appetite to learn and grow and just go deeper in understanding this, <laughs> this life-giving word that had given me such life. So yep. I think from yeah, from the moment I became a Christian, I was I was absolutely just wanting to grow go deeper and deeper into uh, the riches of scripture. Um, and I think we were both we were both discipled very well in those early years of becoming a Christian, weren't we, Felicity? Um, in churches, but also in some activity camps that we both kind of served on, and we're really we're so indebted to them in that way, um, in helping us to see that Scripture really does have an impact on every corner and crevice of your life. There's nothing that's untouched by God's powerful Word, um, and I think that's just that seeing that in action and then seeing actually what well, I want to be more more and more in this because I know that I need this has, has definitely kind of 
I feel like that's been the journey that we've both been on. But I think parenting has kind of um parenting has been that kind of crucible yeah. <laughs> that has helped us to both to see the necessity of being in the word for ourselves so that anything we any way in which we seek to parent for faith is an overflow of what's already going on in our own hearts. Um and I yeah, I think those first few, you know, first, well, I, I had a kind of crazy first few years of parenting because I have three kids under the age of two. So, you know, it was like, never <laughs> <Seven> medal. <laughs> so, but like that, that was yeah. like the necessity, there was such necessity for me to be in the word and to be fed sure. mm. because of all the chaos. And I was going to ask you about that because I loved your book. Um, I didn't mention at the start, but Sarah has written an amazing book, Bumps, Babies in the Gospel. Did I get that the right way that's around? That's right, yeah. Yes. yeah thank you. I mean, that's the kind of logical <laughs> Anyway. Uh, and it's, <laughs> yeah. it's a great book it really encouraged me when I, I read it a couple of years ago and um, can you share a little bit more about kind of how you came to write that book and and mm. sort of summarize what what that's about because I think that's maybe part of your journey too yeah definitely um it was the book I wish had been around when I was pregnant I think I just thought okay I've had the you know I've had a few years of really getting to grips with um just the Bible being powerful for every part of life and really knowing that I need this in this next daunting stage of life. And yet there's, there doesn't seem to be much out there really telling me why, why and how the Bible is going to be that, that source of, you know, that resource that I need for every aspect of this new journey, particularly that new stage of being a new first time parent when everything changes and your whole life is thrown up in the air and you're suddenly serving 24 seven for one or two or three babies or whatever it is and what does it look like to parent in that situation with all with scripture at your hand or not or suddenly not having those routines and rhythms that you've had over the last few years um so I wrote yeah I kind of really felt called to write um into that um through through my own experience and I used the book of Colossians and I kind of wrote um yeah, wrote the book to reflect the journey of Colossians and actually Christ is all you need in this new season. There'll be so many other temptations to look outside of him. But um, yeah, basically I kind of walk people through the book, of the letter to the Colossians and help them to see that Christ is is sufficient for this new stage of life. Um, so that was that was the aim. Yeah. It's a great book and Thank really you. clever, actually. Um, I really appreciated how you kind of managed to <laughs> go through one entire book that's not specifically geared towards parents, but every mm. single bit is so relevant. And I really appreciated that. So we will link that in the show notes um, mm, if anyone's interested you. to get hold of it. It's a really thin book. Just yes. encourage you <laughs> Deliberate, <laughs> Deliberately small and yep. manageable. Choice, very, yeah. very <laughs> accessible for parents. Um, that's great. And, and on that kind of subject of parenting, I'm really interested to know you've both got kind of primary age children how are you trying to kind of parent for faith um, in terms of nurturing that love of the Bible that you both have? How are you kind of um, sort of trying to facilitate that in your in your children? I, I think that one of the things that and Sarah reminded me of this as she was talking about the way in which we were um, in discipled when we first came to faith. And a big part of that was the people we were encountering were very just matter of fact about the but well what do we do in life like what do you you want wisdom you want to know how to live life well let's let's look at the bible together that was just a really straightforward I, I just knew for all these people who I respected and were in leadership at this at this camp that we were both involved in that was just a very normal part of life and I think that really is a key part of how we in our home go about parenting for faith like really 
the Bible, God's word, we want to hear from him on everything. And I, I think a big part of what we're doing is just being tran- as transparent as possible about that and just inviting our kids into that conversation. You know, if yeah. we're deciding, you know, one of our things is, you know, do we live in England or America? You know, like yeah. kind of like, <laughs> like where we live and how we do life. And especially my eldest is um, in his second year of school questions are coming you know why do their family do it like this and why do our family do it like this oh well we listen to what god says should we open the bible or just like you know in the bible it says this so that's why we're doing this just helping them see this is why we live life as we do because jesus is our king and yeah. we know through his word that this is this is how he tells us to live so we're going to pray and seek to live that out and i think that transparency has been um yeah key and in that then they see me and my husband in in the word, you know, even this morning, um, they're like, oh, mommy's doing the Bible thing <laughs> with Sarah. She's doing the Bible podcast with Sarah. And and like they're kind of like the chat about not even just it being a podcast, but, you know, knowing that they're going to find me reading my Bible, Jonathan reading his Bible. That's just a normal part of life. And yeah. so there's that, like the transparency of that in our own lives, but then the intentionality of just just trying to get the word open with them. We, we've really appreciated um, two or three kids' Bibles over the last last few years that were, yeah, every try and do it over breakfast. Just, yeah. I'm really short, really. We're talking like five, seven minutes before everyone heads off to school and just praying that God's powerful word goes to work in their hearts yeah. um, just as much as mine. Sometimes that moment over the breakfast table is is food is just as much for me as it is for them. Yeah, that's true. But that's so powerful, isn't it? And I love what you said about kind of referring to the Bible really like your framework for life. Like this is where, you know, me and dad haven't just made this stuff up. Like we're being prayerful about these decisions that we're making about our family. And we're looking to God's words to guide us on this. And I think that's so powerful because the more I am a parent, the more I see that really a lot of us don't have a clue what we're doing um, as parents. I mean, none of us do, right? <laughs> Christians or, <laughs> yeah. or any faith um, as a general comment. But um, I feel like there is so much um, parents are so disempowered these days. You know, we, we don't we're not raised in those big communities where you sort of watch you know, 25 different people parent before you actually become a parent yourself and where you you learn how to change nappies and rock kids to sleep when you're a child yourself because we're in big families and we have to. We're not in that situation. So you get to parenthood and suddenly it feels like, whoa, um, my eldest became a teenager last year and just kind of all the different things that that throws up and looking at how his his friends uh, parents do things and the different boundaries that everyone has got in place I just think actually no none of us have got a clue but if we can if we can say to our kids look here's someone who has a clue <laughs> his name's Jesus and we can meet him in the bible and and look you know we're not going to get precise answers about mm-hmm. every single question we have in the bible like you know whether we should move to England or America doesn't say that in the bible but we can take principles from God's word that will help us to make those important decisions and it and I just think it gives our children that stability and that peace that is so lacking in the world and in families. So, mm. yeah, so, so um, powerful. And uh, sorry, Felicity, this is going to put you on the spot, but just so we can link in the show notes, <laughs> do you have like a top two or three children's Bibles or resources that have been particularly useful for your family that you'd like to recommend? 
Yeah, well, um, the one which we're, we're on our second time round through this one, actually, it's by Kevin DeYoung. The, I'm going to get the title wrong because it's kind of confusing. Sarah, you're going to have to help me. The biggest story Bible story. What is a storybook? You got it? You know it? <laughs> the biggest Bible storybook. The biggest Bible storybook by Kevin DeYoung. Brilliant. We will link that. It's something like that. (laughs) Especially It's excellent. It's really good. Yeah. For our age kids, my kids are are five and seven, and this has been absolutely spot on. Um, Previously to this, we've got the the Jesus Storybook Bible, but also if you've got younger kids, so the four, five, uh, three three to five-year-olds, I say, there's a, a blue one called The Beginner's What's it called, Sarah? It's the gospel storybook, isn't it? The gospel storybook. Ironically, I'm the one who's married to the book. You should be. You should know these. (laughs) There is your consultant. (laughs) It's my fault. I put you on the spot. (laughs) I'm sorry. No, it's great to link because different things work for different families and you you Mm. just never know. One of those things might be just what somebody listening to this podcast is looking for. So thank you so much. And I know the Kevin, well, I know one of the Kevin DeYoung ones. I'm not sure if it's the same one because I too can't remember the title. (laughs) (laughs) But the one one we have is beautifully illustrated. Mm. I mean, absolutely exquisite to look at, isn't it? And that really appeals to some kids' imaginations as well. So that's great. Don Don Young is the illustrator. I feel like the illustrators get a bad, you know, publicity in there. But actually kids' books... Like the pictures are really important. They are really <laughs> important. Yeah, they sink um, in and, and sometimes for many years. Yeah. yeah. Sarah, yeah. did you have anything you wanted to kind of add about how you're nurturing this um, love of the Bible in your your family? Yeah, I think I was listening to um, you both just now. I think um, something we can easily neglect is intentionality with just speaking about what we're doing. <laughs> because, yeah. you know, yes, getting up in the morning to read my Bible is an essential but actually, how often do I speak to my kids about why why I choose to take that time before they get up in the morning um, or speak just the everyday ins and outs of the day and what it looks like to vocalise how I'm trusting God in this moment. Um, so I'm reading a very powerful book on anger at the moment and it's really, really uh, searing my heart in a, in a good, challenging and comforting way. Um, but actually just t- I've been challenged to take the opportunities of when I'm seeing those moments of anger and frustration and to just talk to my kids about, OK, I'm I'm feeling like this is a moment where I could easily get frustrated. But actually, I'm really learning about what it looks like to live like Jesus in this moment. And so I'm going to pray before I'm going to talk to you about this situation or you know, we've got more school strikes. We've got another kid off today to for school strike. Very easily to get frustrated. Mm, yeah. <laughs> um, just about disruption in uh, routines and timetables and everything. But actually just being able to vocalise that with my children saying, this is where I've been tempted to feel frustrated by just not having a handle on my time over the next couple of weeks. Um, but actually I'm choosing to pray about it and I'm choosing to then trust Jesus with what I need to get done and what how I can, you know, work my time around to serve you guys in this so I think just learning to vocalize more during the day and during yeah. you know our, gen- our just general walks um I think for us we we feel like we're always trying to like things are always changing in what what works best for us as a family and different seasons would we'll, will do that but what we try and prioritize is that as we eat together we get the word open together. Um, we have a real gift that my husband is a pastor. So he is around for meals in the way that I know a lot of other families um, don't have that privilege and gift. Um, but at breakfast time, one of us will just open a verse that we've read in our Bible time that morning, um, our quiet times that morning, and we'll just share that verse that struck our heart. So it's not interactive. 
we just read a verse and we pray um, for the day together. Tea times are more interactive for us. So we're working through, um, at the moment, working through a bit of Matthew's Gospel and our kids are eight and seven. And we're just trying to get them familiar with just open the Bible for themselves. Mm. We're now at all the point that everyone can read it and just kind of familiarize ourselves. Actually, we're going to look in this ourselves and see what it says. And okay, how does that actually apply to my heart today? Um, and just, yeah, as we as we need, regularly need food, so we regularly need the food of God's word. And we just try and marry the two, mostly over pudding, because that helps. <laughs> um, Get some sugar in there. Yeah. And just, you know, so we'll ha- you know, you have a couple of people from house, gr- house group round last week. Actually, that doesn't change. We're going to eat with them, but we're still going to do our family Bible time and they're just going to get their Bibles open and do it with us and brilliant. And just, it's just normal part of life. This is what we do. Um, and just trying to be intentional. Yeah, It doesn't always happen and it's not every day, but it's, it's, it's trying to make it just, it's just, it's just normal, normal life. Yeah. So even, yeah, my husband's been away this week. Um, and actually it's, it's pretty hard work trying to, <laughs> trying yes. to run the evenings <laughs> and also get the Bible open. I was really tired last night, but actually, no, my kids expect it. Actually they're, they're ready. And we're kind of waiting. Yeah. And it was just a verse that we shared together, but that's okay because it's a verse from God's powerful word. And I trust that that will do its work in their hearts. It's the kind of drip feed, isn't it? That yeah you just don't know you just don't know what the fruit will be so that's great and it's so yeah so encouraging to hear how different families do this it's um very much kind of finding something that works for your age and stage and like you say things change all the time don't they and and and, you know your kids stage changes and you try something new because the old thing isn't working and you you know you find your rhythms but absolutely that intentionality is so key um asking for a friend can you give us the title of the anger book Oh yeah! <laughs> oh now, now it's got another long title. What is it, Christy? Well, I tell you what, I'll link it. You link can tell it. me later, and I'll link it in the show notes. Yeah, um, yeah. I would be interested to read that. Um, but also, and my children probably think I need to read that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in case anyone listening is in the same uh, shoes, I think that's something that could really be relevant to a lot of parents. So thank you so much, um, ladies. Where can we find you online if people want to go and listen to your podcast or find out more about you? Give us all the all the places and all the all the things people can do thank you so we um have a brand new shiny website that's launched in the last few months and that's called two sisters and a cup of tea.com so hopefully simple enough to go and that's where you'll find our story and what uh, what we're doing and we're we're just about to launch season eight um and so yeah go and go and explore around our website and see um see might want to dig into one of the previous seasons uh we're on instagram uh two sisters underscore at Oh, I don't know. Oh, no. Just listen yeah. to cup of tea. Search that. You'll find us. Yep. We're there. We'll link it in the um, show notes. Yeah. And um, we're on Facebook as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. And listen to us wherever you listen to your podcasts. We're, yeah. And yeah, we are. It, there aren't many people who are called Two Sisters and a Cup of Tea. So just chuck it into Google and some Easy things will come find. out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I definitely recommend your Instagram as well as your podcast because that is cool. And you're very active on there. Um, finally, I should have asked this at the start but I totally neglected to think of this. Uh, Favourite dunking biscuit from both of you? Well, my husband's just come back from England and he brought um, Viennese, you know, the ones that are like... Viennese Whirls. Yes, that's it, Viennese Whirls. Classic. Surprisingly good at dunking. Are they? Really? Do they not um, shrivel up a bit? Well, but I don't... Okay, here's the thing. I'm not sure they're so like... We're not talking about long-lasting dunking. Mm. They just taste really good when they've just melted a bit in the in the cup of tea. 
more of a and a I think dip, you have to I think you yeah, have to dip, quali- yeah. qualify what kind of dunking you're going for as well because there's like the just hold it in and how long it's going to last whereas you know there's the like that out of learning yeah. that she's trying to, do, um, well, I'm trying to do an Instagram reel episode, isn't it, ladies? I need to get you on again just to talk about dunking I didn't realize it was such a science oh yes so I didn't Sarah, either your your well, your average dunker for the average dunking experience would be Oh, it's the hobnob, isn't it? Hobnob. Yeah. I don't think you can beat it, really. Yeah. Is it? I think it's Peter Kay who describes it as the Royal Marine. (laughs) (laughs) This is just so true. So true. (laughs) Well, that has been enlightening, ladies. Thank you so much. (laughs) And thank you for all you've shared today. It's been fabulous to have you on the show. Thank you so much. Bless you and your podcast and your ministry. And we will chat again soon. Bye. Thank Thank you. absolutely brilliant ideas there from Felicity and Sarah. I was so inspired when I talked to them and I hope you've been inspired too and that there's maybe one thing in what they said that you think, gosh, yeah, I can try that with my children or I can try that with my spouse or with a friend because I think they've really thought this through about reading the Bible with other people and I just love their ideas. I love their passion for it as well. It's so inspiring. Now, at the end of each episode, we like to give you a question that you can ask your children to spark a conversation. So today's question is, okay, I lie. It's actually two questions. Do you think that's okay? Don't tell Anna. She can't kick me out, right? Because this is the last episode I'm hosting. So I reckon it's safe. I'm going to go for it. The two questions are this, and you may only choose to ask one and that's fine too, depending on where your child is at. The two questions go together really, and they are these. What do you like about the Bible? And what do you find hard about the Bible? So as I say, you might like to just choose one, depending on where your child is at, or you might like to choose both and talk about how the Bible can be great, is great, but also can be a bit difficult too. That's it. See you in September for season seven. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.